0: welcome to Avi's Conversational Corner, a podcast on history, culture, and politics in a broad perspective. I am your host, Avi Wolf. The story of Jews and military force is a tale of ups and downs, from martial glory in biblical times to ostensible passivity during the Middle Ages to the more complicated attitudes in the modern era. With me to describe this fascinating history is Dr. Yagil Hankin, a lecturer at the IDF Command and Staff College and a fellow at the Jerusalem Institute for Strategy and Security. Yagil, welcome to the show.
1: Hi, happy to be here.
0: So let me start with the question I ask everybody. Um, How did you get into this? It would seem to be a subject that's been pretty thoroughly studied from every possible angle, uh, books on... uh, Biblical wars came out all the time, uh, and the same is true of Jews in the modern
1: in modern armies. Yes, but no. That is, uh, I believe uh, there is still a place to write a book about Jews and war. Actually, I've been working on it slowly. Hope to finish it in the next five ten years, Uh, because there are several things. uh, When we talk about Jews and war, we're talking about two different things. Uh, one of them is about Jews and war, that is the participation of uh, Jews in wars. And the second is Judaism in wars, and that is Jewish thought about war. Uh, usually, uh, the first is written about by military historians or just historians, uh, without, uh, with rarely any knowledge of Jewish sources and uh, Jewish thought. The later is written by people who, write, who know a lot about Jewish thought, but not much about war. As a religious Orthodox Jew, who's a military historian by profession, and uh, has, uh, I think, better than average knowledge of Jewish thought, from uh, biblical times, through the Talmud, uh, uh, responsa, etc., etc., I thought that uh, uh, it is worth trying to connect the dots, writing about not just what Jews did, but what they thought about war, especially as uh, we see that uh, through the ages, uh, because even though in many times Jews were removed from uh, military service, but definitely not in all times, uh, uh, most Jews were reading the Torah every now and then every year so every time they came to ask themselves questions about the wars in the bible Uh, for example uh, in the in the uh, commentary by Rashi Rabbi Shlomo Yitzhaki of uh, uh, nowadays France but thousand years ago uh, when when he describes uh, what what uh, the spies the that Moses sent into Israel did, I found that he had an, a lot of good points, very short but very good, about military intelligence in general. So I found out there is something connecting uh, the dots. There is, a, I think, a need to uh, study both of those things. And I think I'm uh, at the junction of being able to do both Uh, which uh, isn't uh, very common at the moment.
0: That's a very good argument you make. Uh, And let's dive right into what you brought up. There's a common misperception, and it's interesting that a lot of different groups seem to share it. Uh, Zionists, uh, people who are in favor of more passive diaspora uh, life, um, and even anti-Semites, that Jews used to be... um, Marshall, you know the bible is full of stories of of david and all the military heroes and then in the second temple period you have the Maccabees, you have maccademy and then until like say around the beginning of the modern era all of a sudden ostensibly the jews completely lose interest they're almost pacifistic uh, in their approach which uh,
1: isn't exactly true
0: well i was just about to ask you about that because um, if you pay closer attention to Jewish life, although it's true, like for instance in Muslim lands, they weren't allowed to carry weapons. We do know of many stories uh, where Jews were allowed to defend themselves when they would move to a town. They'd ask to have the right to have like a corner of the uh, corner of the city that was well defended. We know that when the Crusaders came down to the land of Israel, um, they helped. They defended the the town, the city walls. Uh, along with the muslims so is it really that jews entirely avoided force or d- is it or would it be more accurate perhaps to say that they did what you said that they did that uh, that on the one hand they thought a bit they thought in th- in theoretical terms from the sources but in actual practice they generally restricted how much use they could use in, to like self-defense only but not offense
1: it's of course n- not exactly because the, for example take, uh, uh, as early as 6th century uh, BC, you can find uh, uh, Jews serving in the, Egypt- in the army of one Egyptian king as mercenaries, and uh, we know from what is called the letters of Aristeas that, he, uh, that Jews continued to do it uh, for uh, some generations, even the Ro- in, in Roman legions we know of some occasions. Four thousand Roman Jews were conscripted in uh, nineteen A.D. and sent to uh, Sardinia. There were uh, some Jews in uh, military uh, affairs uh, in Roman uh, forces, even when the Romans were fighting. Uh, after the Romans fought against Jews, uh, but most of the time Jews were uh, and only sorry only in the fifth century. Jews were officially declared unfit for military service in the Roman uh, Empire. And, uh, and until a century later, there was an armed Jewish colony in the island of Tiran in the Red Sea, and they were uh, responsible on defending it and uh, also uh, on uh, <coughs> collecting toll from passing ships. So they had to have military power. Uh, there were... Uh, um, uh, Jewish rebellions in the Byzantine uh, Empire, uh, and uh, when and the and Jews and Jews like Shmuel Anegid fought for, uh, in uh, the army of Muslim Granada. Shmuel Nagid actually was the commander of the army of Muslim Granada in the 11th century, and left uh, a series of classical uh, war songs. Uh, well known in Hebrew, but not uh, not exactly known in other language, I think. And uh, uh, when you talk about the Crusaders, almost everybody knows that Jews uh, uh, were involved in defending, unsuccessfully, defending uh, Jerusalem, but uh, the mostly Jewish town of, in, of Haifa, they held the Crusaders back for about a month of fierce fighting. Wow. Uh, and uh, nobody uh, there's very little about it. About that time uh, we can see l- uh, less, less and less Jews in uh, in armies. It's not that they were you c- you couldn't find an an army with Jews fighting on equal terms. Uh, in uh, Muslim or Christian la- la- lands, most uh, 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 Christians more than Muslim. As I said, Shmuel Nogey did command the army of Muslim Granada, but gradually Ju- Jews started drifting out. Uh, they were slowly prohibited uh, from uh, carrying lands, uh, from carrying weapons, both in Muslim lands and in we- uh, and in. Uh, Christian lands, but it was gradual, uh, and uh, it took much time uh, uh, to disappear. Uh, you could see, as I said, Jews uh, were fighting and losing against the Crusaders in Mainz in 19 uh, uh, in uh, 1096, and uh, there is a Jewish tradition from uh, the 13th century, uh, which. Uh, uh, tells the story of Jews uh, that fought uh, together with Karl the Great and uh, all those kings who came after him. Uh, I believe mm-hmm. that uh, uh, that's in uh, a book named uh, Milchemet Mitzvah, War of Commandment. Uh, and uh, I believe uh, it means uh, that uh, the ki- in Hebrew the translation, the kings who came after him, meaning those who fought alongside him, but not his successors. Uh, And we even know of some horsemen. When you you survey the responsa, uh, you find uh, uh, places where uh, 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 the sages are trying uh, uh, to find solutions, for example, uh, to the question of a Jew that uh, left his wife and went to the battlefield, and uh, we don't exactly know if he was killed in battle, so those uh, uh, questions give us a very concrete uh, uh, situation in which Jews actually still played some role uh, in the military. Uh, of course, as uh, when the Jews became uh, slaves of the treasury, they were prohibited from carrying weapon, much as the clergy were, uh, and they were the property of the rulers, and that. Uh, statue, Servi uh, regis it uh, played a great role in removing them completely from uh, having weapons, but not uh, still we find some of them. We find in the 17th century we find some Jewish pirates, uh, and pirates back, back then were, was also a way to fight uh, slightly unofficially uh, uh, against one country. There were legal buccaneers and there were people who were uh, targeting specific countries. Not uh, surprisingly, Jewish pirates targeted mostly uh, uh, Spanish ships after the expulsion of Jews from Spain. And while there was a strong uh, anti-militarism among uh, Jews, there was still uh, participation. The anti-militarism you could see in the Haggadah of, of Passover, that many uh, times the wicked son, out of the four sons described there, is portrayed like a soldier. But, uh, uh, but Jews, Jews, because they weren't n- not nor self n- neither self nor nobility, so they were removed from the main part to wage war in the late Middle Ages and the Age of Renaissance. And uh, as mercenaries. Uh, it was, they didn't have much to look to. But uh, still, so uh, I think uh, the popular version of Jews as not taking any part in uh, military until modern time is based on the fact that uh, their participation gradually came to an old-time law uh, towards the 16th and 17th and 18th century. And then it started com- uh Going back up by the end of the 18th century, uh, the a Jewish cavalry battalion fought for Poland. The Polish, the, the Poles lost by the time, but there was a, a cavalry battalion. Uh, the Russian Tsar uh, uh, forced on the Jews a quota of children uh, for 25-year military service. Also, because that he wanted uh, to modernize and even uh, turn them into Christians, but most of the time because he wanted uh, most soldiers. Uh, and, w- and then when the Jews in the, 18th and 19th, in the 19th century, it started to change their perception back because before the 19th century, people all around were trying to avoid usually military service. Uh, the Royal Navy would, would uh, kidnap people to serve as sailors because nobody would want uh, to come. But when nationality and the ideas of freedom came uh, to the forefront and, P- and Jews started to be included, they also started to participate more and more in military service. We can see it, uh, for example, uh, in the United States, where there was uh, much, uh, where they had much less problem of anti-Semitism and tradition, that is, uh, take for example uh, in Britain, uh, up until the late nineteenth uh, century, you had to be some kind of nobility usually to get uh, a rank of of an officer. Uh, not so in the United States. So we know of the first uh, bri- Jewish brigadier general. Uh, in the United States as early as uh, 1812. And we know that in the American Civil War, Jews usually fought for the place where they were living, uh, even if they were formerly Jewish immigrants. And uh, about 10,000 Jews uh, fought in the Civil War, Uh, five got the Medal of Honor, 20 were colonels uh, in the Union Army, and uh, unfortunately, on the confederate side as uh, Judah Benjamin was the confederacy war minister and he was quite good at what he did uh, despite his limitations so we started seeing it we also with the rise of modern anti-semitism and uh, the modern anti-semitism with a very romantic view of the nation usually saw Jews as being from the outside and with all of those stereotypes they are weak they are poor, they are uh, afraid, they cannot fight. So uh, the anti-Semites didn't really want the Jews to come and fight at force because that would challenge their perceptions. And the Jews were trying uh, to gain uh, equality through uh, uh, participating in wars, and showing that they can fight not... uh, uh, unlike, uh, not unlike any, any other, uh, sorry, uh, uh, you could see, that, and, and in places where there wasn't any problem of anti-Semitism, like 19th century India, you can see that Jews participated with uh, much fanfare in the Sepoy infantry through the 19th century. Uh, we just know they uh, uh, they did so, because there is an official report, but we know almost nothing about them. Uh, but but and when the Jews weren't limited in war, they because they saw it, and the way for, to equality, and to, to prove their wars, and to prove they are loyal, loyal citizens of their homeland, uh, we saw an explosion where, wherever they were allowed. allowed. You could see uh, in uh, Italy, of all places, you could see a, a truckload of generals uh, and uh, admirals uh, and so on. In France, in, in sorry, in Greek, one of the heroes of the struggle against the, the Germans in World War II is, uh, is, uh, is a Jew. Uh, but in other places, uh, you could find uh, all, uh, all the time people questioning them. In the First World War, the the German army counted, uh, ordered the, what is called Judean, uh, 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 okay, I'll skip it. My German accent is really poor, but it, it was called the Jewish census, uh, and it was to prove that Jews are underrepresented in the trenches, and the results were never published because uh, the preliminary results showed that Jews were overrepresented in fighting units and the anti-semites weren't very happy about it. I think it's not uh, a, an accident that in my uh, I'm working on a biography trying to uh, a b- bibliography of um, Jews in war. It seems that uh, uh, at the time German Jews wrote more books about Jews in the military in, uh, in uh, the First World War than American, British, French, and Russian Jews combined. And the reason was that they were challenged all the time. It came to a peak in Second World War. Uh, In the Soviet Union, of all nations, Jews were in the fourth place in uh, medals. Uh, They got uh, about (coughs) uh, more than... uh, uh, 123,822 Jews got medals and that was the fourth place. Uh, They were uh, exactly the same as the Tatars, and uh, before them there were Russians, Ukrainians, and Belarusians. All of them are, of course, uh, uh, much more numerous. Moreover, in uh, in the Soviet Union, uh, Jews still had a harder time getting a medal than uh, uh, other nationalities. Or especially other Slavic nationalities. Well, let's uh, admit that Chechens and uh, uh, Asians usually had uh, um, harder uh, time too. In the American forces, Jews were also overrepresented, uh, and as far as I know, it is probably the same thing in uh, in the Jewish uh, uh, in the British army and even in the Finnish army which is a b- really bizarre case because the f- the, fin- the army of finland fought alongside the nazis uh, in world war 2 there were 297 finnish jews out of a very small community and one of them is uh, actually has a, a questionable honor of being the only jewish so- o- only openly jewish soldier uh, to have been awarded the German Iron Cross in World War II, uh, wow. uh, Major Leos Kornik of the Finnish Army. So uh, up into 1945, I would say, you would say that uh, you could still find, you could find, the Jews are overrepresented in their uh, in their nation's military, uh, but there was still not exactly. Sure about it. Uh, uh, if you the a, a book named "The Fighting Jew," uh, published in the U.S. in nineteen forty-five, uh, had, as the introduction declared, uh, its aim to unmask the legend of Jewish cowardice, because all the time Jewish Jews were facing the, that uh, legend, even. When they were uh, fighting uh, and dying for their countries, uh, uh, In World War II, it's estimated that about a half a million Jews served in the U.S. military uh, out of a population of, what do I know, three, four million, uh, and about the same number served in the, so- Soviet, uh, uh, in, the in the Soviet army and uh, we're not counting partisans, Jewish undergrounds, etc, etc, etc. And of course, in the US Army there were many of them, uh, 18 generals, 3 Navy admirals and one commodore. In the Soviet Army uh, we don't exactly know, but we do know that uh, several dozen, and uh, one of the main leaders of the Soviet Army in the 30s, before he was executed, was General Yona Akira, uh, who was as his name suggests, a Jew. So, uh, so up and around, I say, af- until after World War uh, Two, uh, you c- you saw a surge in the participation of Jews in war, and I think that World War Two was the heyday uh, of Jewish involvement in war.
0: Wow, that's that's really fascinating stuff. Um, so, if let me follow up on what you've said. Um, You mentioned, and and rightly so, how Jews worked very hard to prove their bravery, uh, to prove their manhood, uh, to prove how they could serve their nation properly. So I was curious, you mentioned how you are interested not just in Jews and armies, but also Jews and armies and Jewish thought. Was there any resistance to this new trend of Jews moving from running away from the army to sign me up and get me as high as possible? In among Jewish thinkers, and I include the whole uh, panoply—religious, from all ranges. Uh, In other words, was there, aside from German Jews trying to prove how they're uh, they're all brave, uh, was there any development in religious thought before the founding of the State of Israel, and even outside of Zionism, in terms of Jews participating in war being a good thing, or did? rabbis and religious thinkers only think in terms of like the really practical questions of making sure Jews got their services and That they were properly treated well
1: uh, Both uh, Actually one of the questions which I didn't uh, manage to uh, uh, To uh, answer yet is why did the fourth uh, Practical book for Jews in the military come so late that was a uh, uh, Rabbi Israel Meir Kohen's uh, from the town Radin, Machane Israel, the camp of Israel. It was published in 1892. By that time, Jews were forcefully conscripted. It it was almost a uh, uh, hundred years since Jews were forcefully conscripted into the Russian army. Yet I didn't find the uh, earlier response on the qu- on the question, and uh, it puzzles me. There were several answers uh, on a local base, but a, book on, uh, a, a specific book on Jews in the military, uh, this had to wait uh, until uh, um, the late 19th century. Uh, I'm not exactly sure what to make of that, although I do suspect that one of the reasons that we didn't see it earlier was the fact that every Jewish book had to go through the, the, the Tsarist-Rodzir censorship. So I uh, can assume that uh, there was not much point in writing uh, a book uh, uh, that only would to get it completely censored by uh, the Tsar's government. But this is only uh, s- uh, speculation, I can't prove it, and I'm not sure it uh, explains everything. But since then, we saw uh, many books ob- to the conscription, but we also saw uh, rabbis trying to uh, uh, encourage and explain Jews uh, to enlist. We saw it in the Civil War on both sides. We saw it in World War I also on all sides sides, and uh, d- we definitely saw it on World War II, but not on the German side, of course. Uh, in my family, personally, uh, the brother of my grandfather, the late Professor Louis Henkin, uh, enlisted in the U.S. Army, fought uh, all around, in North Africa, in Sicily, in Italy, in, in, uh, in uh, Western Europe, got himself a uh, Silver Star, and, uh, uh, he, uh, two store, and he was He got a letter uh, when he enlisted. He he wasn't living with his father, uh, my great uh, grandfather, uh, Rabbi Yosef Eliao Henkin, who was one of the most important uh, American rabbis of the time. But he got a letter letter of encouragement from him. Uh, By the way, and that's uh, 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 um, uh, Lewis told me once that he uh, was a very, very popular uh, uh, soldier in his unit. The reason was, he said, because he was an observant Jew, that is, he he kept as much as possible the rules of kosher food. So anyone who would stand uh, right after him would get uh, uh, the main dish dish twice because he wouldn't eat uh, non-kosher meat. So uh, he got very popular uh, once people got uh, hold of that. Uh, but the, uh, uh, the thought about uh, systematic thought about war, uh, we don't have a Jewish Clausewitz, but we do have uh, um, a text here and there. We have a uh, rabbi thinking about uh, a war. We have in uh, what does it say about war of peace? Uh, why should we fight for our uh, countries? What is our obligation to fight for our countries? because of what it uh, gave us. And of course, you see the practical questions. Well, now this is an observant, observant Jew uh, recruited into the army, where he would have to walk in Shabbat and he would have to eat non-kosher. And the only, uh, in some cases, the only uh, religious authority uh, around him would be a, a priest. What should he do? So we know of uh, discussions about those uh, things. And of course, there was a question, uh, still the question uh, of anti-Semitism, and uh, I think it's not uh, a coincidence that you can find in uh, many memoirs uh, of Jews that they wanted to, uh, to prove that Jews can fight. So, this isn't exactly related to what the uh, to Jewish thought about war, but it, in my opinion, it definitely did influence. Uh, we will have uh, w- one part of the project would be to try and bring all of it together and uh, find who uh, had any systematic things to say about uh, wars, but uh, it began. Uh, and it, of course, took, uh, uh, took off uh, after the State of Israel uh, uh, was founded in 1948.
0: That's a great segue for me to talk about uh Your interesting thesis, which you've shared with me uh privately, that nineteen forty eight was a strange break watershed a break point after which uh Jews and the diaspora no were no longer anywhere near as enthusiastic to join the their country's military and to prove uh their patriotism through that way uh Could you perhaps elaborate on that thesis
1: yes. Actually, I believed, uh, like most people, that the change from a conscript army to a contract army uh, was uh, the fact that influenced most Jews. That is, if everyone is enlisted into the military, you have to go and do your job. But if it's only a career choice, then, well, you have other choices as well. But... I found out that there is a one problem with the thesis, and that that Jewish participation in uh, the U.S. military and other places started uh, declining before the abolition of uh, conscription. Uh, so this couldn't explain it. When you see uh, in, uh, uh, for example, in the Canadian Army in Korea, I found. Maybe I missed one or two, but I found only one uh, Jewish soldier killed in the war. In World War II, it was uh, 400-something, I think, of a small Jewish community. Of course, the Canadian participation was uh, much more limited, but it wasn't 400 times more limited than in the Second World War. Uh, And... When people uh, speak about Jewish uh, soldiers in Vietnam, uh, they say, many with them with pride, uh, that some 30,000 Jewish uh, soldiers served in Vietnam, which uh, definitely sounds like a lot unless uh, uh, you question uh, and how many non-Jews served there, and then you find out that all together it's uh, in Vietnam and around it, Thailand, uh, the Navy, Laos, Japan, everywhere. Uh, it was more than ten million. So uh, right now, uh, because Jews, uh, so Jews were underrepresented in Vietnam, and since, as uh, I uh, can say, they were overrepresented, it's not uh, a case of uh, being cowards. Uh, then why did it happen? And uh, I think uh, that you could see uh, uh, several uh, things uh, happening together. Uh, one of them, <coughs> sorry, one of them is that the Jews have proved themselves and needed needed less to do it. Uh, as late as f- as the '50s, there was still uh, some Jewish quota in, uh, in uh, Ivy League University but this was soon to disappear Jews more and more got uh, assimilated in the country uh, you could see also that uh, from the 1970's the number of uh, mixed marriages grew sharply and that was also one of the, the signs that Jews uh, didn't uh, saw much less reason uh to uh, guard their own heritage and not mix with other uh, people uh, <coughs> sorry so uh, so uh, i think that uh, one of the uh, uh, the real reason the real reasons was that uh, the space the state of Israel was founded? That is, uh, after uh, Israel was founded, it uh, spectacularly spectacularly laid to rest any claims that Jews cannot fight wars. Actually, today you won't see uh, the antisemitic trope of uh, um, those. Uh, 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 womanly Jews who are afraid to fight against uh, uh, our uh, very manly uh, na- Gentiles uh, disappeared. It gave place almost completely to a uh, totally uh, opposed anti Semitic trope that uh, bloody, murderous Jew fighting too much and killing all around with, uh, uh, with abandon. So uh, uh, nobody is complaining that Jews aren't uh, uh, fighting uh, 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 enough most uh, the, uh, Jews sa- because the Israel suddenly turned the equation on its head and suddenly it's Jews fighting too much so nobody has any reason to prove uh, himself uh, any need to prove himself by being in, uh, in the military and uh, <clears throat> uh, in one uh, uh, for t- ten years ago, the number of Jews serving in the U.S. military was uh, at most one fifth of the relative share of the population. Uh, I th- and uh, and and then you you had this trend uh, accelerating because uh, uh, because. Jews, uh, uh, there's today no conscription. Uh, there are no limits to Jews in the U.S. military and or the, uh, uh, the British military, although the, I think the American uh, uh, army, apart from the Israeli army, is the most Jewish friendly in the world. You had two uh, successive uh, chiefs of, uh, chief of staff of the United States uh, Air Force uh, who are Jews and nobody, bar- uh, nobody gave a damn. Uh, one of them, uh, uh, his Wikipedia page has uh, page has no trace of this fact. Uh, it because it was a non-issue, no barriers, and one can rise uh, to be a four-star general, and nobody uh, ask a question. And the fact that he's a Jew doesn't uh, uh, doesn't stop him, unlike. Uh, 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 some of the Jews uh, in the earlier uh, US Army and Navy, in the 30s and 40s, including some who converted uh, to uh, Christianity, so they won't be uh, uh, stopped Mm -hmm. and their career won't be harmed by being Jews. So nothing stops the Jews in advancing in the army, yet they are less serving in the armies. So one of the reasons, in my opinion, is the fact that uh, Jews have less to prove themselves Another uh, fact is that several Jews, every year, uh, quite a few Jews come and enlist in the uh, Israeli army So those people who come to fight for their own people are not counted usually in the number of Jews participating in the military uh, of their own nations because today, especially after uh, the, after the abolition of conscription it is a career choice and uh, the last uh, uh, factor here is the fact that the main uh, predictor of uh, military service is, uh, in western countries today is not socioeconomic it is geography. If you would take, in the US we have more detailed uh, data. If you would take the data and check the number of people per 100,000, you would find that usually there are uh, an enclave of the south where people, much more people traditionally serve in the army and much less people serve uh, uh, in uh, from the northeast, for example. Uh, one minute, please. I need to find the the exact. Uh, Okay, I don't find the graph at the moment, but anyway, uh, you, could, you could find much more people, for example, from Georgia and Alabama, uh, then the number uh, per capita of people uh, enlisting in the U.S. Army is much higher than what you will find in New York or New Hampshire. And since Jews at, uh, are uh, usually urban population and uh, in, uh, they aren't rural, uh, they don't live in small villages most of the time. So uh, I think they answer the same trend of uh, every other place uh, where, uh, where uh, urban elites or an urban population serve less. For, uh, okay, I found what I wanted. Uh, for example, uh, in 2016, uh, if you will take the enlistment rate uh, ratio... Uh, then uh, Washington D.C. had uh, zero point uh, twenty nine, wh- whereas Georgia had one point five. That is, of any one one thousand one hundred thousand people, five times as much from Georgia would be an, would enlist than from uh, Washington D.C. And uh, uh, even though most of them would be middle class, so it's not the poor ones going into the military. So uh, I, since Jews are usually, uh, as I said, represented in the place where uh, most people don't go to the army uh, out of their own choice, then Jews follow, uh, in my opinion, the same trend. So to sum up, we have several trends uh, uh, at the same time. Uh, and you cannot explain the declining only by career uh, uh, decisions because the decl- the decline started before there was the possibility to make those career decisions before, uh, be because when there was still wa- when st- there was still was universal conscription. So uh, in my opinion, you have to weigh in uh, the funding of the state the. Far- the uh, creation of the State of Israel, and uh, the dramatic change in the image of the Jews that uh, it brought.
0: Well, uh, it is a very interesting thesis, and I will say um, I was in Vienna a few years ago, and uh, we visited the main Vienna show, and I noticed that at the entrance to the, um, the lunchroom there were two plaques. One was a plaque dedicated to all the Jewish soldiers or officers who had fought in the Austro-Hungarian Army in the First World War on one side, and on the other side was every soldier from 1948 until about 2000 who fought in the IDF. So that would seem to confirm your thesis. Um,
1: Interesting. I didn't know it.
0: It's fascinating. and uh, I'm curious, um, from what you describe, it sounds almost like the Certainly the American Jews, and maybe elsewhere, became almost like Europe uh, after World War II, because Europe after World War II, they became secure because of the American army. They no longer needed particularly large armies, and even those large armies were supported by the States. So they could develop a much more pacifistic approach to life, a much more critical, a much more above approach, if you will and if what you say is true perhaps that's part and parcel of the dynamic of what's happened with american jews who have also instead of serving in the army and being in the muck and in the dirt as of the trenches um, that uh, instead see themselves rising above because they no longer have need uh, for that
1: one minute Uh, please start again because uh, uh, i stopped hearing something for about a minute Okay,
0: Um, Europe after World War II uh, very much developed a very strongly pacifistic critical of war approach, um, largely thanks to the fact that the American army effectively guaranteed its security. And I'm wondering if we have a similar phenomenon developing with especially American, although not only Jewry, where they used to needed to serve in the army and they were were much more practical and pragmatic in talking about Jews fighting. And then the State of Israel was founded and all of a sudden this image of Jews as not liking guns, not liking fighting, uh, not liking war develops, especially during the Vietnam War. I wonder if you have a similar dynamic because you no longer have to fight, so now you can stand above and be critical.
1: I think you can find this dynamic because the Jewish opposition to war did did indeed develop in uh, uh, during uh, the Vietnam War. Uh, You can find uh, President Johnson, in his usual uh, way, complaining about it. Uh, He when he said that he can't understand why uh, some people that is the jews want want me to protect with uh, israel but they don't want me to do anything in vietnam and uh, and uh, i think it's uh, is illuminating that uh, uh, among uh, in one convention in 1996 there was uh, a a jewish convention and there was a resolution uh, criticizing the Johnson administration policies in Vietnam. Uh, all it almost uh, uh, got unanimously accepted, but it didn't. It was vetoed because of one organization, the Jewish veterans organizations. That is, the Jewish veterans uh, supported uh, the Vietnam. Uh, policy of President Johnson, but the other uh, organizations were also o- already past uh, 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 past this stage, and uh, they all almost all opposed uh, Vietnam. Even uh, uh, the Orthodox rabbis, uh, who some uh, usually are uh, today's viewed as more uh, hawkish than other uh, rabbis, usually uh, oppo- were uh, opposed. To the Vietnam War, so uh, I didn't find any uh, uh, source that say uh, uh, saying, for example, that the Jews oppose Vietnam because they feel that it would, uh, uh, but that it would uh, uh, hurt their uh, statue, etc. What I did think happened is that after the civil war fight. That the Jews were overrepresented relative to whites, although most of them were passive and had uh, not much to do with it. Uh, as uh, as almost ever, uh, most pl- times uh, it's a, a vanguard minority who d- does the changes, not uh, the silent majority. Uh, so I think that uh, the Jews uh, started uh, because they didn't need. To be a, a practitioners of force, they started to uh, develop the i uh, the idea, and also because the demographics of the Jews changed, the Jew who grew up in uh, the Bronx, um, uh, with uh, some uh, some Irish kids uh, hitting them and getting hit all the time, was very different than the Jews who grew up in a much more uh, a safe uh, place and went to college where he, when he would be radicalized uh, much more uh, so I think it also was a generational thing but it was a very uh, sharp break between uh, generations
0: ok so when can we look forward to seeing uh, this thesis being put in print
1: um I really don't know it's still in the work uh, and uh, I'm it's not the only thing I do uh, so I have to find time uh, in time to uh, write and uh, every time I and uh, in the of course where, uh, if I write one page I usually find one more uh, question I need to, to find uh, an answer and solve. so I hope in due time it would translate into a book and I hope that before it uh, gets... Uh, 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 Before I publish a book, I will manage to publish an article or two about it, but uh, it's not uh, something that would happen tomorrow or even next month.
0: Okay. Well, I'm looking forward to when it happens. Uh, Dr. Yagil Henkin, thank you very much for coming on. I learned a lot.
1: You're welcome. Thank you.